Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I had an almost all-day-long medical procedure at my house with my son yesterday. He had an infusion and uh, had to hold him down to get the uh, IV started. Oh, boy. And thrashing and screaming he was going to die, which is oh, a not pleasant thing to do. Oh, my. You just have to keep convincing yourself this is has to happen and it's for his good and all that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Awful. But wow. anyway, once it, was, uh, once it was in, he said, that was it? That was the whole thing? Oh, man. So, yeah, it's what, it's what I've been trying to tell you for a while now. It really doesn't hurt that much. Yeah. I didn't even feel it. Yeah, well, fantastic. Let's remember that for next time. <laughs> you know, screaming and thrashing is, is a pretty good self-distraction, too. I'm not recommending it or, or, or uh, underselling it as a difficult thing for a parent, but... He's, if you're screaming and yelling about stuff, people can, you know, put it in there. Oh, it's in? Okay, great. He's 88 pounds. I have to know the exact weight for the amount of medicine that he's getting. But if, if an 88-pound animal 
thinks it's, you know, is fighting for its life, it's not easy to hold them still enough. Right. I mean, it took my wife and I, both of us, to completely... Like get him held well enough to get that going. Yeah, oh, it was it was it was something. But then things mellowed out. Yeah, quite a bit. Wow. Well, that's it. Chimney. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right then. And I'd made a deal with him once he got that going because he was going to be. I think it was like five hours of uh, having the IV in before then some other things happen. I said, I'll get you anything. You can send me to get you anything to eat or drink. Anything wow. you want, I'll go anywhere. Wow. So I'd gone for In and Out burgers and milkshakes and donuts and various things. <laughs> Nice. Oh, speaking <laughs> of milkshakes, so uh, we're uh, Judy and I, my wife and I, are visiting our youngest, who is going to uh, college in the Washington D.C. area, and we had a lovely long weekend. Speaking of children, uh, hanging out with her and and her boyfriend, and and just seeing the sights, it was just fabulous. Um, but ate too much. Uh, you know, I've been doing very very well losing weight, and just ate like a hog and forgot about all the rules by the end of it and was eating crap I haven't ate, eaten for months. <laughs> it's just weird how that works. But it's like so, figuring out of the dam. I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I... It's human nature, eating, apparently. I went from eating no carbs, I mean, like, like no carbs, to not only is the biscuit there that they gave me for breakfast looking pretty good, but a little jelly would be good on there. <laughs> I don't know. You use a whole jelly. <laughs> So, you know, from Jesse from from saint to like the king of sinners. So anyway, uh, but you know how it is when you're traveling, especially it was coast to coast. um, And and by like the midpoint, you're feeling pretty self-indulgent. And uh, and so I found myself uh, sitting there. Where was I? Might have still been at Dulles. I can't remember. Sitting in the airport thinking, wonder how many carbs there are in a chocolate milkshake. Wow. I sure would like a chocolate milkshake. That's mostly like fat and stuff. I can do that. I'm low carbon. That'd be fine. That chicken. <laughs> and, and I find out a small McDonald's milkshake, and I'm not getting a small, but small McDonald's milkshake, <laughs> six grams of sugar in it. That's not bad. Six. It's practically nothing. Well, a cheeseburger is four. But I didn't contemplate going to McDonald's. I was going to go to the Five Guys mm. Burger and Fries right there. It was right across from the uh, the gate. And I checked that one out. 82. Whoa. So, Well, that's interesting. Yeah, hang I on wouldn't have now. known that. Hang on now. There's something odd going on with one of those. Again, let me be the latest to ask, what is in a McDonald's milkshake? I'll tell you this. They don't melt. You can set them in the sun. They're still cold. That something ain't right, going on man. <laughs> that ain't right. So I went and got myself a stupid bag of peanuts instead and ate the stupid Lame. peanuts. So... This is kind of rough here. I have stood up for Joe Biden on a number of occasions around his uh, loose mouth. Yes. Um, over, you know, overemphasizing various gaffes, making too big a deal out of this. Other people say that sort of thing, you know, doesn't get mentioned. It's become a narrative, and everybody's looking for one. Right. And, and there, there's the argument he's always been goofy. And then he got run out of a, a race. He's run. This is the third time he's run for president. And when he ran for president in 88, he got run out of the race for a, for a, for a gaffe. Then, completely unfairly. I mean, and it's just, it's documented. It was unfair what the media did. Wow. Um, there's Back no doubt the about it. the media used to attack both sides unfairly. Good times. But, so he did this over the weekend. And um, let me just read one, well, I don't want to give away the punchline. Let's just, let's just go with Joe Biden. And he was speaking to 400 people, packed into a college meeting hall. Joe Biden painting a vivid scene 
when a four-star general had asked him as the vice president to travel to Afghanistan to recognize the remarkable heroism of a Navy captain. And the story went like this. The four-star general asked me whether I'd go up into the fob. Now everybody got concerned, the vice president going up in the middle of this. But there was, we can lose a vice president. We can't lose many more of these kids. Not a joke. And it's the God's truth. My word is a Biden. He stood his attention. I went to pin him. I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. Do not put it on me, sir. Please, sir, do not do that. He died. I was making the point how courageous okay, these let's, people let's stop, are. Let's stop there. Let's, we're not leap, leaping to there yet. Um, so as you just heard Joe Biden say, and if you watch this, Joe Biden's pretty emotional about this. And he you can is, tell. And he is a big military supporter. Um, uh, I saw some uh, pundits pointing out, I mean, he's one of the few people left on the, on, the, on the main stage in the Democratic Party that is just so into the military and supporting the troops and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and right. recognizing what they do. At least one of his sons served. And that, and that whole thing, sir, I don't want, de- don't want the damn thing, Biden says through clenched teeth. And I mean, it was just pretty impassioned. The room was silent. This is the God's truth. My word is a Biden. And then from the Washington Post, except almost every detail in the story appears to be incorrect. Based on interviews with more than a dozen U.S. troops, their commanders, and Biden campaign officials, it appears as though the the former vice president has jumbled elements of at least three actual events into one story of bravery, compassion, and regret that never happened. Biden visited Konar province in 2008 as a U.S. senator, not as vice president. I don't see that as that big a deal, but... Um, 2008 is pretty close to when he was. Was, was yeah. he already campaigning at that point? Yeah, it, yeah. I, that one doesn't bother me that much. The service member who performed the celebrated rescue that Biden described was a 20-year-old Army specialist, not a much older Navy captain. Okay, that's not that big a deal either. And that soldier never had a silver star or any other medal pinned on him by Biden. Okay, that gets to be a bigger deal. Yeah, that's a, that's a little Brian Williams rounds coming into the airframe. At a White House ceremony six years after Biden's visit, White stood at attention as Barack Obama placed a Medal of Honor, the nation's highest award for honor, around his neck. In the space of three min- minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of medal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient wrong, as well as his, as his own role in the ceremony. Other than that, though, it was dramatic as hell. Um, and Our, uh, well, okay, this is, this is... Do you want to hear Biden's explanation for yeah. it? Yeah, okay. yeah, why not? I was making the point how courageous these people are, how incredible they are, this generation of warriors, these fallen angels we've lost. I don't know what the problem is. I mean, what is it that I said wrong? Okay. Well, all the facts. Uh, you know, and this is, it's funny how clear it is to me now. Joe Biden has Brian Williams' disease. It's not about him being senile, because he's always been like this. Now, he might be fading somewhat. A lot of people who say him know he is, but you know, I'm, not, I'm not that worried about that, honestly. Um, he's got Brian Williams' disease. He wants to make the story better. He wants to be the guy telling the great story. So Rounds coming into the airframe. Right, their bodies floating by in the hotel, all that crap Brian Williams made up. He wants so badly, plus he's a politician, so he wants to connect with the crowd and rouse them and the rest of it. He, he's gone, though, I don't know if it's a bit-by-bit thing or the way your brain works thing. He's gone from, you know, just jazzing up a few details around the edges to make it a better story to now he just invents stuff that has a slight basis in fact, but he's an author. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever written a book. Uh, there you were in, uh, you know, uh, uh, your first job, and the gal boss came on to you. 
So you decide to write a novel about that. Well, after that, it's fiction. You just make up details and, and, and things that happen the rest of it. I just think Joe Biden takes a grain of truth and just weaves tall tales. Joe Biden is a dummy. That could be. Um, my my belief is I don't think he's the Hillary Clinton just makes lies up. You know, I, I had to duck and run across the tarmac as they were shooting at me. I think she's just a liar. Mm. Um, I think he's an old man who various events from his life just kind of come together in one story, and he can't tell the difference because he's that old. Mm, yeah. I think he's I, I just could... at that age where he just he can't tell. I just can't tell anymore. He's done so many things and met so many people, the details are just really fuzzy. That's a pretty big story, though. The the I still get welled up thinking about it. My word is a Biden. I pin, went to pin this on his chest, and he looked at me and yeah. said, that's a pretty... Now, did that happen a different time? And as an old man, I mean, it could have happened when he was 50, 30 years ago. <laughs> 25 right. years ago, yeah. it could have happened when he was 50, and in his mind, as an old man, he's just kind of... I mean, the way the human memory works is, is crazy. It I is. don't it's I don't think, and you know, maybe I'm covering up for him too much, I don't think he's just an out-and-out liar like Hillary Clinton, where she just makes crap What's up. What's Brian Williams? I think Brian, I think Brian is Williams is neuroses? crazy. I think he's crazy. I became very mm-hmm. sick with dysentery. Not like psychotic. He's got a personality yeah, yeah, quirk. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think Biden's um uh well what's the what's the proper term? Old <laughs> dummy. Cena, I guess. Dummy. No, I don't <laughs> do you? I don't know. I just no I, I think uh, he's well, got he maybe I, I think know. he's got a bunch of stuff washing around in his uh, heading up toward eighty year old brain and yeah. he just I mean, you you should watch the video. I mean he's 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 impassioned about telling the story. Have you ever have you ever been around really old people that that kind of get that way? Sure. About things that didn't happen or haven't they're you know, it's 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 tough. Yeah. They believe it. Well, okay. And which would yeah. be worse, by the way? The um I I I call it lying whatever. I jazz up stories. I make stuff up to try to whip up crowds or I'm. I can't really tell what's true and what's not, and they all jumble together in my head, which is worse. You know, Mark Leibovich, uh, who uh, we've talked to on the show many times, he's the author of the best book about Washington D.C. I've ever read. Uh, this town. Um, he uh, he has a column in the New York Times about how Joe Biden doesn't really seem to be interested in being president when you get down. To oh, really? It. I haven't seen that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't think the old guy thing is fatal. I don't think the uh, Brian Williams disease thing is fatal. He don't think he bombed. Our captain took a purple heart injury to his ear in the cockpit. No, he didn't. What if he bombs Germany? Remember the Bismarck? No, that was a hundred years well, ago. See, sir. I don't. I'm not as concerned as you are about that. <laughs> You're conflating your decades again, Mr. President. <laughs> your centuries. And I this know, idea is a bunch of malarkey. And I know, sir. And I, I don't think the whole. Uh, I'd kind of like to be president because Trump shouldn't be. I'm not sure that lack of desire is fatal. But the three drug cocktail, as it were, forget it. You got a dead candidacy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I remember when, I remember. 
four-star general asked me whether I'd go up into the fob. Now everybody got concerned, a vice president going up in the middle of this, but there was, we can lose a vice president. We can't lose many more of these kids. Not a joke. And it's the God's truth. My word is a Biden. He stood his attention. I went to pin him. I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. Do not turn it on me, sir. Please, sir. Do not do that. He died. Based on a true story. Um, kind of. So the Washington, sort of the Washington Post says of that story that Biden told, every detail in the story appears to be incorrect. Uh, in the space of three minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of metal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient wrong. As well as his own role in the ceremony. That's the only part that really matters to me. If you thought it was a Navy guy and it was an Army guy or something, sure, I, that or, doesn't bother yeah, me at all. The rank, yeah. You were still senator and not vice president yet. That's not that big a deal to me from a dozen years ago or ten years ago. Um, But if you never actually pinned a medal on somebody who through their gritted teeth and tears said don't pin that on me right. i failed because my buddy died after saying my word is a biden yeah because i mean that's whatever a, that means that would be one of the most uh emotional things you've ever had in your life with anybody other than your wife or kids right that would be a moment that would stop your heart yeah Did, oh my god what do i do what do i do what do i do i, I think he should have to clarify has he ever had that experience if he had that experience you know, in in '95, in a, the, the first Gulf War or something, then okay. When he was a senator and it was a kid from his district, something like that. But if you've well, never, if that's, n- if that's never happened to you in your life, where you pinned a medal on somebody and they said, "No, don't pin it on me. Don't pin that medal on me." That's Brian Williams' disease. That's it's something. I don't yeah. know what. There it were is. Katusha rockets passing just underneath the helicopter I was riding, <laughs> and it he had to be something. And he got, and now he's a respected news voice on MSNBC. He's a what now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, I believe that because of his high profile and pl- like we got texts on this story, uh, what you think of Joe Biden, but Joe thinks he, I think he's got Brian Williams disease. He's right. so desperate to tell an entertaining story. He just, he, he lies to himself. I think he might be senile and just putting a whole bunch of different stories together. I believe because of his high profile and political position, Biden is a one-upsmanship guy. He just wants to make himself the center of every very good story. Oh, yeah. No malice intended. It's a character flaw. Interesting. Um, is it got anything to do with his uh, brain aneurysm that he had years ago? I don't know. We got this text. I had a friend like that. Always added extra details to the story each time he told it. He ended up getting the nickname The Embellisher. <laughs> I think we've all known people who you know they make up stories and you just let it slide. They Can just my tell... nickname be The Demolisher instead? Please? Um, we, I think we all do the Brian Williams shtick sometimes. Well, I don't know to what extent I agree with that, but I'll, I'll give it a pass if you're talking about... A fishing trip and how big the fish was, or something. Yeah, you can't, you yeah. can't do super emotional, important things and make them up. You, that's not okay right. as an embellishment. Well, especially when the goal is clearly to enhance your own reputation or get yourself elected or, or something like that. Uh, that um, you don't think it's a fatal flaw, though? Uh, no, no. I mean, if he comes off as a reasonable centrist Democrat who's not senile. And he's it clearly can beat Trump. Democrats will turn out in some moderates in yeah. pretty good numbers. There you go. But I'm telling you, you combine that with the he does seem a little bit old with the he only kind of seems like he wants to be president thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
I don't know. I don't see turnout being that great. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? One Democratic presidential candidate cashing in on the Odessa shootings. And have you ever gone plogging? Coming up. Plogging? That's the hip new thing. It's the chicken sandwiches of this week. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. I don't know. The more I think about it, my dad it's my dad's birthday today, and he's 82 today. If he told an emotional story like that that I knew wasn't true at all, I would think he'd gone crazy. That's, well, that's because he doesn't have a history of it, right? Right. Biden's a, a, a weaver of tall tales. Yeah. Let's get the news now. It's Always Marsh, has been. Marsh, Marshall Phillips. Well, we got another stupid, angry coward that lashed out over the weekend. 36-year-old man carried out a shooting rampage in West Texas on Saturday, killed seven people, injured nearly two dozen others as he drove some 10 miles before being shot and killed by police in Odessa. This guy seemed completely psychotic. Yeah. As we'll get to. Yes. I think he may be a... uh, It's less to do with a stupid, angry coward than... He was a crazy person who saw and heard about shootings all the time. And thought, yeah, 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 that's what I need to do. Turns out his neighbors were scared of him. They said he lived in a shack and would keep him up all night firing off his guns. He'd just go out and start taking pot shots at different things. Meanwhile, you got your FBI Special Agent Christopher Combs saying the shooter had been fired in the morning of the attack and called 911 both before and after the shooting, making, quote, rambling statements about some of the atrocities that he felt he had gone through. I, as always, hate the media covering these things the way they do. Why am I seeing videos of people cowering for their lives? I saw a picture of a guy, out, a dad outside the hospital while his daughter was being operated on, I guess was the story. Hey, here's a dad praying his daughter doesn't die while she's in the hospital. What the hell is that? Yeah, I know. What is that? It's uh, painotainment. I mean, just some people want to watch that. I don't get it. In the wake of that shooting attack, the presidential campaign of Democratic former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke is selling a T-shirt with the words, This is F up, printed six times, followed by the message, End gun violence, now Beto for America. So does the T-shirt actually say, does it spell out the word? or? Yes, that's okay. what I'm told. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, the uh, T-shirt went on sale after O'Rourke tweeted soon after the shooting. We don't know how many have been killed. We don't know the motivation, but here's what we do know. This is effed up. Beto, you're embarrassing. Please go away. In other news, boy, I tell you, the Hong Kong situation continues, continues on and on, nonstop protests. And now mainland China is warning this cannot go on forever. This will not continue. They actually used the water cannons that they brought out a week or so ago. Yep, with uh, blue or purple dye. I can't remember which one, so that when they would spray uh, spray the protesters, everybody would get this dye all over them so the cops could come in and bust you. That's wow. a clever new technique I've yeah. never heard of before. Yeah. China is asshole! Yeah, agreed. Hong Kong's leader, Carrie Lam, saying she has never tendered her resignation to China over the protests that have been roiling the city. Lamb was asked repeatedly about leaked audio of her telling business leaders recently that she would quit if she had a choice. Lamb said she 
did voice her frustrations, but also explained that quitting was an easy way out for her. But given the very difficult circumstances, might be it was an easy choice to leave. But I told myself repeatedly in the last three months that I and my team should stay on to help Hong Kong. Well, that's because the dictator told you 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 needed to. Right. You know, reading the uh, section on China and Heaven on Earth, um, the book that we famously reviewed in our uh, extra-large podcast, available right now wherever podcasts are given away for free, uh, the the deal in, in, and this is true in Russia too, of being part of a totalitarian regime. If the head guy says, hey, our program is uh, liberalization of Hong Kong, yep, <clears throat> that's it. Let those people vent a little bit. They're just crazy kids. Come on now. Let's not take this too seriously. Then you go ahead and you implement that plan. And things go sour or there's a change in the leadership at the top. Right. Not only They don't tell you, hey, hey, we changed our mind. No, they drag you out of office, accuse you of being a traitor to uh, the party, mm-hmm. beat you and torture you and jail you and, and beat and torture your family right. and the rest of it. So, old Carrie Lamb, please, yeah, I thought about quitting, but I realized that'd be copping out. I really want to see this to the end. What a crock of crap. Well, did you hear the audio yeah. that leaked out? Where she said, hey, I'd quit if I could. Who wouldn't in this situation? Who wouldn't quit? I don't doubt that. That's what the audio said. Yeah. And then she, you know, when it came out, leaked out, then she says, oh, no, I'm uh, sticking with it. As uh, the mainland China uh, Communist Party told me that my, me and my whole family would be put thrown in prison if I quit. So, I've changed my mind. Another matter, Dictionary.com is adding some commonly searched words and phrases. A couple of additions are combinations of words like smexy. Uh, What's blend- smexy? You smell and you're sexy? <laughs> yes. No, smart and sexy. <laughs> yes, smart oh. and sexy. <laughs> you're a smart Mexican. <laughs> and uh, Smexy. Another word, another word is plogging. That is a Swedish exercise trend that combines jogging with picking up litter. Flogging. Sweden, really? Flogging, yes. Smexy is not one I'd heard before. Smart and sexy. Smexy. Okay. Also newly included is hamster angle, which is when a selfie makes a person's face look chubby like a hamster. Mm. Counterpoint, maybe your face is chubby. Yeah, maybe that's what you look Very like. People take pictures and be like, oh, that, that, I never look good in pictures. Actually, pictures are pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> They're about as realistic as you can get. Hey, 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 easy. <laughs> we can't all be purdy. Uh, that's funny. Uh, you got a hamster angle working. That's your, <laughs> that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I don't think all those are going to catch on, but some might. The government thinks, well, a government thinks LED light may be damaging your eyes. Okay. Oh, boy. Having just replaced all of our light bulbs. Mm. <clears throat> Every single one. Oh, boy. Mm. <clears throat> More on that to, to come. Among other things. Also, the whole, does Joe Biden really want to be president anyway thing that may doom his chances. There's a little follow-up on Jim Comey. That story broke as we headed off for the uh, Labor Day weekend with him demanding an apology (laughs) when he'd been called out by his own organization for breaking all the rules. Right, right. Which is hilarious. Speaking of uh, Biden, I got this note from Joe in San Francisco. Most serious problem with Biden's medal ceremony story is not so much that he made up some facts, it's that he used the story as a throw-in so that he could tell everyone how brave he was going to a place where others were concerned about his life. The medal award details were just a vehicle that was supposed to carry a story of his own personal courage. So it was like a humble brag? Yeah, You're couching in your a way. brag in a... 
I mean, it became more about that brave serviceman who, you know, again, he got the, the, the medal and the branch of the service and the rank and the time and the and his role in the ceremony wrong. But, yeah, well, that's that's part of it. That's part of what makes it off-putting. It was a humble brag. Good point. Um, When's that uh, debate? It's in September. In a few weeks. Two weeks, like the 13th, yeah, yeah, I think. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Wake me when it begins. We didn't get as many people drop out as I as I thought we were going to. What's the de Blasio story somebody handled, handed me? Um, uh, he put in uh, seven hours uh, at the office last month. Right. <laughs> I consider that a victory. <laughs> right. I would, too. As the mayor of New York, he worked well, seven hours. Who has the jokiest candidate at, uh, candidacy at this point? Is it de Blasio? Uh, I mean, you just can't possibly take it seriously. Yeah, it'd be, it, he'd be hard to beat. I'm always amused by this when people uh, run for other offices. So you can dedicate this much time to something else other than being governor, mayor, house member, senator, whatever it is. Yep. This many, I and mean, get it, away with it. it appears that you're spending roughly 16 hours a day on a different project seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So, so are we sure we need all those people doing that full time? Right, yeah. The question is either you're not doing the work you're supposed to do, or there's not near as much work as we were led to believe that you were doing anyway. Right. So this time, instead of running for president, you'd be playing golf or fundraising or just hanging out. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got all that stuff on the way. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Strong and Getty Show. Uh, I believe what has happened is when we run elections, it's always about dividing. Uh, I'm smart, you're not. Uh, I'm I'm uh, wise, and you're you're dumb. It's not always pretty. It's not always civil. Well, welcome to democracy. You, once you said- an election's over, you go into governance. And it's not about divisiveness. It's about unity at that point. We no longer seem to go to governance. It's like we're in a constant election mode and constantly finding reason to cheer against each other instead of working together. In the military, you could not win on the battlefield. In a corporation, you could not win in the business place uh, with that sort of divisiveness inside. There you go. That's Mad Dog Mattis, former Secretary of Defense under Trump, wearing constant election mode. That's clearly true. You know, the uh, recent uh, gal soccer team victory was a nice illustration of that, where it became about politics and Trump. And, he, you know, certain uh, segments of America felt like, I can't cheer for Turn that Turn me team. off. Just I would, I, I, that's so the reason in my I didn't face. Yeah, I'm just not, not into it. Gosh, play soccer. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. These things come and go. Trends, Jack. Trends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I like it when you use that word. Or, I mean, that tone, and yes. then, like, pick a word to, like, right. I don't know. Emphasis. <laughs> exactly. It's all about emphasis. So, uh, boy, is this true. The whole passing of rock legends thing, we're going to have to adjust how far we go in the media and pop culture and all, because I'm looking at this list. It's actually a kind of enjoyable piece in the week um, by somebody or other. Why would this cut off the author's name? Odd. Anyway... Um, 
a roundup of the ages of some of the great classic rock recording artists. Part of the reason I enjoyed this article is because it, it mentions that prior to, like, the Beatles classic rock era, it was corporate guys would kind of hire musicians and give them enough to eat and crank, crank out all the records and make all the money. And it was pretty milk toast and pretty predictable in most cases. And, and again, the money guys kept all the money, blah, blah, blah. And then you got your classic rock era. Uh, and, and you could certainly argue the outlaw country era, too. Um, but the uh, the creative process was taken over by the people doing it, the musicians. And they got crazy and did all sorts of different stuff. And it was innovative and fun, blah, blah, blah. And now it's kind of gone back to corporate again for different reasons. It's because you've got to sell a zillion of something to make any money. It's like, you know, you're making a, 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 a penny on every hamburger. You can't sell 500 hamburgers in a day or you'll have $5. You got to sell $5 million. And the music business is like that. But anyway, he talks about uh, Bob Dylan, 78. My favorite Bob Dylan. Uh, He's Biden old. Observation. If in 1986 you'd bet somebody that Bob Dylan would be the last surviving Wilbury, you could have gotten fabulous odds. Anyway, uh, 78, Paul McCartney, 77. Both Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, 77. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys, 77. Uh, Mick Jagger, 76. Keith Richards, a comparatively youthful 75. Joni Mitchell, Jimmy Page, are 75. Bob Plant, 71, so on and so forth. Roger Daltrey of The Who, Pete Townsend, 75 and 74. Your Pink Floyd guys are in their middle 70s. Uh, Rod Stewart, Eric Clapton, 74. Debbie Harry of Blondie, 74? Hmm. I'll be danged. Neil Young, 73. Van Morrison, 73. Brian Ferry, 73. Elton John is 72. So there's going to be a lot of the... Bruce Springsteen, 69. He's turned 70 in a couple weeks. There's going to be a lot of the staples of classic rock dying at some point. It'll be like every day, every week, and you're wondering how much attention should be paid to that. Well, if... If the fans of those people are still around, it'll get some attention. If the fans of those people uh, are are also passed, then it might not get so much attention. It's yeah. like when some you know giant movie star dies that was a huge deal in the forties. I, I okay, good, good. I'm sure she was a big deal. I don't right. know who she is. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not personally touched by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the reason I haven't given into my temptation to buy classic rock memorabilia, though I think it's really cool. Is I'm looking at uh, what's the market for like a. Uh, a piece of sheet music Glenn Miller signed. Eh, not not great. That's got a definite shelf life. But, man, I was shocked. All of those, you know, legendary names in their you know, early to upper 70s. The fact that Bruce Springsteen is 70, eh, well, time flies. On the subject of music, uh, tangentially, so I've, uh, I'm on this jazz kick with the anniversary of Kind of Blue coming out and got into jazz, and now I'm I'm um, I'm wanting to uh, learn some jazz stuff, all the different stuff that I've played over the years. Tried to, so anyway, I'm like the very beginning of this. Uh, and this has got nothing to do with music ultimately when I get there. Okay. So I Google what are the most common jazz keys as I'm like going to practice scales and stuff like ah, that. Ah, nice. I end up on a forum of some sort, some jazz music forum that uh, has uh, tens of thousands of people on it and stuff like that. And I'm on a uh, a bulletin board where somebody had asked the question, what are the most common keys for jazz music? And it turns into anger and insults and politics within like three answers. Wow. And then the people are just fighting with each other, just like on 
every other forum you've ever been on with every other subject. Wow. I was laying in bed last night, and I was just trying to nail this down. It's just, a, oh, another one of these questions. Great. You know, just that sort of, just right off the bat, wow. somebody's a jerk. You're probably a Trump voter. Yeah, yeah, just, I, and it's, I just thought, it's, it's everywhere. It's just, it's human nature. And the ability, anonymity is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Mm. Everybody, no, not everybody, because I would never respond that way, even anonymously, right. to an innocent question about something. But there are a lot of people that you, in your family, you're married to, your siblings with, you work with every day. You, it's got to be. That are that person in their real life and you didn't know it. They're just angry, looking for an opportunity to insult people, but they've never had the guts to do it out loud, I guess? Or I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, it's cowardice. Uh, now, there are some trolls who just like stirring up the S. Well, that's its, it's that's, own weird thing. Right. Uh, and there are some people who just want to administer pain because it makes them feel powerful, I guess. I don't know. And uh, both of those are amplified by anonymity. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, they're practically uh, anonymity is necessary yeah. for them. Unless you are willing to spend most of your life as the a-hole, um, yeah, it's all about anonymity. What? Things that are done in the night under cloak of darkness are very different than those done at noon. But I've come across this now. I get it. Get to add to the list. So a jazz forum. Add that uh-huh. to parenting forums, car repair, cancer. There, there isn't any sort of forum I've ever been on where there, it doesn't turn into that. It's it's wild. I would never do that. I've never have, and I never would. So is it, I sure would like to know, there needs to be more studying done on this. What percentage of the people are that way? Maybe it's only like 1% of the population, and that's enough. They're on these forums all the time because they finally have a voice. They were picked on in school, and they're picked on at work, and nobody's ever listened to them, and now they have their shot. Is that it? I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's got to be part of it. You know, it's funny. I spent a very enjoyable uh, chunk of an afternoon in the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History on the uh, National Mall, and I was looking at, uh, well, a number of things and and watched one of those movies because, you know, you walk around the National Mall, you're willing to sit for any excuse to watch anything, no matter its length. Uh, those of you who haven't visited there, it's about 50 miles from the Lincoln Memorial to the, uh, the Washington Monument. And that's halfway up the mall to the Capitol, which there. is another 50 miles. There you go. And, uh, and it's uh, about 120 miles across. Uh, from one museum to the other. Hey, let's go to that one. It's right over there. Half an hour <laughs> later, you're still walking. Because everything's so gigantic. In the but, heat and humidity. Yeah. Oy. Uh, uh, but so anyway, we sat there we were watching this uh, video, which made it clear, you know, and you probably know this already, that mankind's reign on Earth is like if, if uh, the Earth's history were a clock. We appeared in the last second of the hour. Right. I mean, you had the dinosaurs uh, holding sway with their, their mighty uh, reptilian rule there for hundreds of millions of years and the rest of it. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, here's my question. If we've become this ugly a species in one second, <laughs> you know, comparatively speaking, is, is the Earth in for like another 300 million years of, of human beings? I, I, I can't know. We're going to be one of those. Nature, nature, can human nature change over time, like evolve, like losing a tail or something? Or will the meteor this... of death come along and just, uh, you know, uh, shake up the game board again? Will the snarky among us not reproduce and then that gene, whatever it is, gets weeded out so you don't need to say mean things on stupid forums wow. just to get your thrills out of life? The snark gene gets weeded out. Is snarkiness adaptive in the modern world? It could be that only the snarkiest will survive. 
I'm going to tell everyone about how you are. There you go. There's the queen of our race. I think Internet trolls won't reproduce, and that Internet troll, it's like the the modern tale. It's just going to go away. (laughs) It's worth hoping. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.